Hi, this is Jeannie Drisco with another episode of The Art and Soul of Healing. Today, we're going to have a staycation instead of flying off to an exotic location. And we're going to discuss the Mediterranean diet. After listening, I hope you'll make the step to find an integrative dietitian or practitioner to help you make the transition from the standard American diet to the Mediterranean diet. Today we're going to be doing things a little bit differently and that's because there are so many diets out there that people are following and not one size fits all for the majority of people. But what I'd like to focus on is a basic diet that's been around for many thousands of years and has proven to be a healthful diet. This would serve the majority of people and can be tailored to certain conditions like celiac disease, for example. But anyway, that diet that I'd like to discuss today is the Mediterranean diet. To begin with, I'd like to give you a historical basis for the Mediterranean diet. And this is followed by what is the Mediterranean diet, followed by what the Mediterranean diet is not, and then talk about some conditions that the Mediterranean diet can transform illness to health. I think it's best to begin with the history so you can understand how these components of the Mediterranean diet arose. So that great sea, the Mediterranean basin, gave rise to many, many cultures. They were diverse, but they were integrated because of trade, civilizing factors, religions, philosophies. They became so integrated that all of the trees, like the olive trees, for example, the vineyards and the dietary components became the Mediterranean diet. And this manifested itself over millennia and has remained nearly constant during this time. What's interesting is UNESCO named the Mediterranean diet an intangible cultural heritage. After World War II, there was a researcher by the name of Ansel Keys, and he became the father of the saturated fat theory of cardiovascular disease. Now, this has its own debate, and we don't have time to talk about it today in terms of saturated fat theory of cardiovascular disease. But I just want to let you know that Ansel Keys was the one that put the Mediterranean diet on the map. And what happened was one of his Italian colleagues mentioned that in his country, there was very low rates of cardiovascular disease compared to the U.S. So Ansel Keys decided that he was going to change his research focus and visited Europe and the Northern African continent to confirm findings about the Mediterranean diet. We're going to go into some of those findings in a little bit. But he investigated the regional specific dietary elements that prevented cardiovascular disease, which led to the seven country study. Rather than focusing on broad dietary components, Ansel Keys narrowed the focus down to saturated fat and cholesterol elimination instead of focusing broadly on the Mediterranean diet. But I also want to add that today a single definition of the Mediterranean diet really eludes public health and nutrition science committees. There's often disagreements about what it means to be on a Mediterranean diet. I'll show you some of those reasons here in a minute. 
So let's fast forward now to a seminal article in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition published in 1995 by Walter Willett and his group at Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health. He and his group were food scientists, and he continues to be an important driver of food science. Willett's group brought the Mediterranean diet as a whole food solution for chronic disease to the forefront by this 1995 article. Before the 1995 article was published, Willett and his colleagues began investigating the Mediterranean diet and, in fact, formed a group called Old Ways and created the Mediterranean diet food pyramid in 1993. Old Ways is a nutrition nonprofit to help people live healthier and happier lives. The Mediterranean Diet Pyramid can be found on the oldwayspt.org website, and I will have a link to that on the Art and Soul of Healing website. The U.S. News and World Report in 2019 declared that the Mediterranean Diet as the best overall and easiest to follow. In 1993, Old Ways created the Mediterranean Diet Pyramid in partnership with the Harvard School of Public Health and the World Health Organization as a healthier alternative to the USDA's original food pyramid that is now considered defunct and has been changed to a plate, but that's another story as well. Today, the Mediterranean diet is more popular than ever with new research every month documenting its benefits and chefs and home cooks alike embrace the Mediterranean ingredients. Starting at the base of this pyramid, you'll find the core foods to enjoy every day, whole grains, fruits, vegetables, beans or legumes, herbs, spices, nuts, and healthy fats such as olive oil. I'd like to point out that at the base of this pyramid, they've included healthy fats. So this is not a low-fat diet, and we'll talk about this more in a minute. And then twice a week, you should have serving of fish and seafood, moderate portions of dairy, eggs, occasionally poultry, and at the very top of the pyramid, infrequent servings of red meats and sweets. I'd like to emphasize that the base of the pyramid consists of fruits, vegetables, grains, things like potatoes, rice, couscous, polenta, beans, legumes, nuts, and seeds. So when adhering to the Mediterranean diet, the benefits are increase in life expectancy, decreased rate of coronary heart disease, decreased incidence of certain cancers, overall reduction in chronic disease, So the components vary across the Mediterranean region, but at the base is the abundance of plant-based foods. And this is always coupled with physical activity. Components that should be eaten throughout the week include primarily minimally processed, seasonal, fresh, locally grown plant-based foods. Fresh fruit is often considered a dessert, And on top of that, minimally concentrated sugars and sweets and honeys should not be consumed more than several times a week. Now, this is what's critical. Olive oil is the principal added fat. For example, in Italy, it consists of 28% of the fat in the diet and in Greece, 40%. Dairy such as cheese and yogurt 
are to be consumed in low to moderate quantities, fish and poultry, low to moderate quantities, not more than four eggs per week, and as I mentioned, red meat rarely. And what's important is that wine is in low to moderate quantities and consumed only with meals. This results in a diet that is low in saturated fats, and I don't want to get into the types of fats right now. We've discussed that in the past, particularly if you want to refer back to Diana Nolan's podcast about lipids. But this Mediterranean diet is low in saturated fats because of the moderate intake of animal foods, particularly the red meats. And dairy is a good thing because it's usually fermented. Saturated fat is equal to 7 to 8% of the total energy. And this is what tripped up Ansel Keys in his future research. He got really focused on eliminating the animal fats, the saturated fats. However, fat consumption across the Mediterranean region is anywhere from 20 to 40%, and it's predominantly in olive oil, and we'll discuss this more. I want to highlight that there are components of this diet that vary depending on the region of the Mediterranean that you're looking at. For example, in North Africa, uh, they rely on couscous and vegetables and legumes, Whereas in Southern Europe, such as Italy, there's pasta, polenta, rice, potatoes. Eastern Mediterranean, there's a lot more vegetables, chickpeas, and other beans. But all cultures have some form of bread with each meal, but in very small quantities. And all cultures focus predominantly on the vegetables, the salads, fruits, nuts, seeds, olives, garlic, onions, herbs. So there is variation, but there's also a lot of similarities across the region. Food scientists like to drill down on the components of a diet to try and figure out what's the most important thing. I don't think that that's really in the best interest, but it has happened with the Mediterranean diet, and there's been a lot of research focusing on olive oil. I do want to focus on olive oil because it's got so many important nutraceutical properties. There are many biochemical and physiologic benefits to olive oil, one of them being the polyphenols. A review paper was published in the International Journal of Molecular Sciences in 2016 looking at all of the studies to date at that time. Even though there are flavonoids, lignans, glycosides. I'm going to focus just for a minute on the polyphenols. These components are believed to be medicinal. They have cell signaling molecules. They're anti-atherogenic. They have decreased platelet activating factor. They have anti-hepatic toxicity. They help with hypoglycemia. They're anti-inflammatory, anti-tumor, antiviral, and can modulate the immune system. There is a problem, however, with some of olive oil's polyphenols in that they aren't always bioavailable through intestinal absorption. What's interesting is that the microbiota actually assist metabolism and transformation. The olive oil polyphenols get better distribution through the entire physiologic system of the human body. 
A review of the epidemiologic influence of olive oil was published in 2014, and it showed that when you investigate olive oil apart from the entire Mediterranean diet, it seems to prevent cardiovascular disease, prevent diabetes, metabolic syndrome, and prevent obesity. So it's probably these phenolic compounds predominantly available in virgin and extra virgin olive oil that need to be consumed. The refining process that can occur may lose many of these compounds, especially the polyphenols. So it's important that the virgin and extra virgin olive oil in dark colored containers be consumed. Another epidemiologic study published in the British Journal of Nutrition in 2015 showed that when comparing populations, those in the highest quartile of consumption of olive oil had decreases in all-cause mortality, decreases in cardiovascular disease, decreases in cancer mortality, and decreases in overall other mortality. The authors of course noted that there are limitations when doing observational studies and epidemiologic reviews, but emphasized that olive oil consumption should be an indication of an overall healthier diet. The authors did note that consuming olive oil could be an indication of overall healthier lifestyle choices. So we now know what the Mediterranean diet consists of, what it is, so let's focus on what it's not. If you take the Mediterranean diet out of the Mediterranean countries and transfer it to the United States, for example, you end up with pizza and calzones and other components that contribute to the standard American diet or the SAD, S-A-D. When you transfer the Mediterranean diet to the U.S., all of a sudden you're developing a poor quality diet with increased in refined grains, unhealthy protein, increased added sugars, decrease in olive oil consumption, increase in saturated fats and damaged fats, and decrease in nutrients overall, particularly fiber. There is a group out of Spain. They've done a lot of the research on the Mediterranean diet, and it's the PredMed group. A few of these researchers in 2017 published a paper about the myths that have arisen around the Mediterranean diet. So this is what the Mediterranean diet is not. The Mediterranean diet is not a vegetarian diet. Pizza is not a Mediterranean food. Wine consumption is modest and with meals and is very, very low in distilled spirits like vodka, etc. Avocado, fat-rich desserts, potato chips, french fries, margarine, tofu are not part of the Mediterranean diet. Replacing all of the oil with processed vegetable oils or damaged fats is not part of the traditional Mediterranean diet. It is not a low-fat diet. Many conventional U.S. dietitians try and make the Mediterranean diet a low-fat diet, but it should never be considered a low-fat diet. You have to have the correct types of fats in the diet or they become inflammatory. So replacing olive oil and some of the more healthful choices of fat with canola oils and vegetable oils that have been damaged will only create inflammation and chronic disease. 
a 2019 research paper in Food Research International looked at the French paradox. And a lot of us thought for a number of years that the French paradox was attributed to red wine consumption. Well, the research on this has continued to be mixed and it's probably likely related to the overall dietary patterns that the French have in their traditional diets, which tends to be much more Mediterranean diet-like. And they have other lifestyle factors such as walking, riding bikes, getting out and moving that contribute to this paradox. But also they're finding that the good fats are an important part of this. So they've recommended nutrigenomic and metabolomic, the omics research going forward. I'd like to reemphasize that the PredMed group looked at the association of the Mediterranean diet with decreased cardiovascular risk. And they did find that the Mediterranean diet with olive oil and nuts providing some of the fat decreased cardiovascular risk overall. And they noted that this was compared to those patients with cardiovascular disease on a low-fat diet. So the low-fat diet is not as healthful in reducing cardiovascular disease when compared to the Mediterranean diet. Unfortunately, the effect of U.S. media and marketing has changed the way that children in the Mediterranean region look at their traditional diets. So what's happened is the the younger people, let's say in Spain, for example, they were less likely to adhere to the diet of their family. And when they would go out to eat dinner, they would choose things from the menu that were different than their parents chose. Their parents chose the traditional Mediterranean diet, and the younger Spanish children tended to choose more fast food, standard American diet type choices, and this has greatly impacted chronic disease risk in this population. This was from the Public Health and Nutrition Journal from 2004. So this has been an ongoing problem now for more than 15 years. Well, we've had 70 years of an experiment in the United States with low-fat dieting or or reduced-fat intake. And some studies do show that there's benefits when reducing fat intake in the U.S. For example, there was an article in the Journal of Nutrition in 2019 that showed when uh, women, postmenopausal women, reduced fat intake, they had improvement in chronic disease risk. But I have a question. Is this related to the quality of fat in the United States? Probably. A highly processed, damaged vegetable oils, factory farmed animals and fish. You know, these are really ways that damaged fats can be highly concentrated in factory farmed animals and fish by giving them these processed, damaged vegetable oils in their feed. And then this has led for even further recommendations by the conventional dietetic world to make the Mediterranean diet a low-fat diet. But it's not a low-fat diet. So the question is, if we replace these damaged fats with healthful fats, 
would we see the same pattern of reduction of chronic disease? And the evidence, preponderance of evidence out of Europe says, yes, that is a fact. As I mentioned, the true Mediterranean diet interest really didn't start until the mid-1990s with Walter Willett and his group's seminal articles and ongoing research. Beginning in the late 1990s and to the present time, there have been multiple papers on the Mediterranean diet. I couldn't even read all of them. There were so many. But earlier papers sparked the interest in exploring the Mediterranean diet as a therapeutic intervention. One group that was actually reported in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2003 looked at 22,000 Greek adults and looked at how good they were at adhering to the Mediterranean diet. And in those groups of people that were the best at using this diet on an ongoing basis, they found a reduction in total mortality, a reduction in cardiovascular disease, and a reduction in cancer deaths. And again, this was an epidemiologic study. So a lot of people would say, well, you know, there's a lot of confounding factors, they're active, et cetera, et cetera. But more epidemiologic studies followed. And in 2014, the Public Health and Nutrition Journal described adherence to the Mediterranean diet and health status and used, and this actually was a meta-analysis of over 1.5 million healthy subjects that use the Mediterranean diet. And they looked at the fatal and non-fatal events such as heart attacks, etc. And they found in those people, those healthy subjects that adhered to the Mediterranean diet, they had reduced mortality from all causes decreased cardiovascular deaths, decreased cancer incidence and cancer deaths, decreased incidence of Parkinson's disease, and decreased incidence of Alzheimer's. Well, as we all know, it is very difficult to get people to change their diets. One study, the Leon Heart Study, published in circulation in 1999, so this is one of the earlier papers, made this observation. It is easier to prescribe drugs than to change the dietary habits of patients, a task often considered to be difficult, and unfortunately, after some attempts, many physicians give up. And probably this is where physicians should step back and turn this over to an integrative dietitian or an integrative practitioner. A wonderful paper published in OncoTarget in 2017 entitled Impact of Mediterranean Diet on Metabolic Syndrome, Cancer, and Longevity is a must-read. This paper is an extensive review of the literature, and I'd highly recommend it if you can get your hands on it. Anyway, it discussed the benefits of food antioxidants and other phytonutrients, and all of these components provide antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties. So these are the things that act on longevity and decreased development of chronic disease like cardiovascular disease. And there's also an associated benefit of, of uh, decreased obesity. So I'm going to give you a quiz now. So in the Mediterranean diet, why is the saturated fat low? And your answer should be because there is decreased animal protein intake particularly red meat, although you can have it, you just don't have it every day. And why are the trans fats low? 
that's because we don't consume these damaged, processed fats that are found in the standard American diet. Total carbs are increased, but what is their source? So everybody's talking about low-carb diets. Well, we're not talking about processed carbohydrates like muffins and cookies and bread. We're talking about carbohydrates that come from vegetable material and fruits. And these things have a reduced effect on blood sugar and insulin spikes. Now that you know what the Mediterranean diet is and isn't, I'd like to conclude with just a few tips on what the Mediterranean diet can do for you. First of all, the Mediterranean diet has been associated with longevity. So you're interested in prolonging good health and life. Well, the British Journal of Nutrition in 2000 did a meta-analysis showing that the Mediterranean diet is associated with longevity. For many years, there's been reports of pockets of people that live well beyond 100 and are healthy and active. And one of the reasons is the quality of the diet. It's usually associated with the Mediterranean style diet. Another paper from 2019 showed the improving types of research that's being done in food science. This paper showed there was positive reduction in cancer incidence and cardiovascular disease risk by using a Mediterranean diet. And they looked at more sophisticated types of research associated with the diet and showed that many of the components are bioactive. They're giving messages to the metabolism. The Mediterranean diet has been associated with inactivating carcinogens and associated with decreased cell proliferation while inactivating many carcinogens. This has also been shown to decrease cell proliferation and inducing cell cycle arrest. The Mediterranean diet has also been associated with increasing apoptosis of cancer cells or programmed cell death. There's also inhibition of the angiogenesis of tumors. In terms of the cardioprotective effect, there's decreased oxidation, decreased inflammation, modulates carbohydrate digestion, decreases glucose absorption, improves lipid levels, decreases LDL oxidation, normalizes endothelial function, and improves vascular elastic properties. These effects are more profound than adding a drug to the regimen of people with cardiovascular disease. Overall, the bioactive components produce an effect by modulating gene expression. And this is beginning to be the focus of the research in all of these areas. A 2019 research paper from the Journal of Cellular Physiology showed that olive oil should be used as a primary fat source. And when it is, metabolic syndrome is positively affected. And they are encouraging habitual consumption and confirmed moderate intake of wine and only with dinner. There are multiple benefits of the polyphenols, both in wine and in olive oil. Another 2019 paper showed benefit in pregnancy for women that were at risk for metabolic syndrome during pregnancy. They had enrolled over 1,000 pregnant women during this study and gestational diabetes was decreased by 35%. Weight loss is another really important component of the Mediterranean diet. So many people are afraid of fat. However, 
looking at personalized genotype-based recommendations, which are becoming more and more available, it's important to emphasize the quality of the fat that's being consumed as, as well as the quantity. And if you recall from our earlier discussion, activities are a really important component of the Mediterranean lifestyle. So that has to be added to the Mediterranean diet as well. A final point I'd like to emphasize is longevity is important, but what we all want is a good quality life as we age. And of course, everyone's focused on cognitive function. There are a handful of studies that have looked at the association of the Mediterranean diet and cognition and showed when a Mediterranean diet is adhered to, there's improvement in cognition, and some improvement in Alzheimer's disease. In fact, there was a significant risk reduction in converting mild cognitive impairment to Alzheimer's disease. This was in the Archives of Neurology in 2009. Another international study published in 2019 in reviews of neurology showed an association of extra virgin olive oil use with the prevention of Alzheimer's disease. Olive oil also showed protection of memory and improvements in learning ability. The researchers showed decreased formation of amyloid beta plaques and neurofibrillary tangles. There was also decreased inflammation, and it seemed to activate autophagy of abnormal cells and clearing of debris. And a final study I'd like to discuss is an association with depression and aging. There was positive association between dietary habits and protection against depression in the very elderly. This was associated with the olive oil use and oleic acid lipid, the oleamide biosynthesis. So oleamide is associated with important role in mood stabilization and induction of sleep. So this is important. The oleamide is important for all membranes and binding of serotonin. It also improved endothelium and reduced inflammation. So this has also been associated with decreasing depression. And a final effect shown in this study was the direct effect on the microbiota in the gut. As we've discussed in previous podcasts, the known increase in neurotransmitter production from the gut and improved function occurs. In parting, I'd like you to do this for me next time you sit down to a meal. Look at your plate. About 40 to 50% of it vegetable material, 10% or less unprocessed fruit, 10% grains such as oats, quinoa, rice. 10% of this is healthy fats such as your olive oil and other types of foods such as nuts. Are there protein-rich foods that occupy only about 25% of that plate? And then finally, 5% concentrated nutrients such as herbs, spices, and other food components. If you want a handy guide, go to Alliance for Natural Health-International and look up their food plate diagram. It's a lovely example of how to structure your plate for each meal. And in parting, remember that the Mediterranean diet is an important anti-inflammatory diet that helps across many, many chronic disease processes 
like metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular disease, cancer, and even a benefit during pregnancy. It's not a low-fat diet. It's not a low-carb diet, but the use of the healthful fats and the use of vegetable and fruit-based carbohydrates have a very positive effect on genetic makeup of each and every one of us. Until next time, thank you from the art and soul of healing. Thank you from the art and soul of healing. And thank you to Alliance for Natural Health USA for standing in the gap for our health freedoms. Go to alliancefornaturalhealthusa.org and become a member today.